Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. That is not the way to start a Friday show. Good Lord. Maybe turn on the microphone. That would be a nice thing to do. My apologies. Happy Friday. Welcome into Soccer Morning here on WorldSoccerTalk.com. You do, you're doing some audio stuff. You unplug the microphone just to make sure you're not getting any background noise. And then what next thing you know, you're on the air and you forgot to plug in the mic. And then your, your face turns really... How red is my face right now? Take a screenshot because I'm sure I'm, I'm, I can light up a room. Big Friday edition of the program. Thank you very much for joining us, as always, at WorldSoccerTalk.com. Dwayne Rollins, 24th Minute Canadian Soccer News, will join us in a little while to talk about the Women's World Cup, a thing that is happening. Canada played last night to a 0-0 draw against New Zealand. The, the crossbar was struck at least 73 times in that game. I think that's the official count, 73. Maybe it's higher, higher than that. It seemed like it was insane. Lots of crossbars hit, no goals scored. And now the Canadians, uh, with four points after two matches, we'll talk to Dwayne about the state of the Canadian women's national team as well as the overall state of the tournament. Uh, big game tonight. And let's hit some of those scores in the uh, Women's World Cup. Canada drawing New Zealand 0-0. That game was also delayed by some lightning, some weather. Germany and Norway 1-1. The Germans dominated that game for the first half, failed to take advantage, end up with a 1-1 draw. That free kick, and I'm not going to try to pronounce her name, but the Norwegian free kick was probably the best free kick you will ever see in your life. I don't think you can do any better than that. Maybe not the best, but the most perfectly taken from where, from where she, she had to hit it. There's no, not doing any, but you're not doing any better with that. Fantastic stuff uh, from that game. Spain beat Costa Rica 2-1 and Thailand beat Cote d'Ivoire. Two teams that had gotten thumped earlier in the tournament in the first, uh, first, round, uh, first match of the group stage played to a thrilling 3-2. Uh, score line with Thailand coming out. Thailand coming out on top. Obviously, the big story in U.S. soccer circles: the U.S. women taking on Sweden tonight. Pia Sundhaga, after sort of mildly criticizing some of the players that were formerly her charges with the U.S. women's national team, came out, gave a press conference yesterday, lasted all of four minutes, and she said some very nice things. She said those. She said lots of more. She said nice things as opposed to sort of critical things and. I don't know where we stand with this, but it seems like Pia's playing some mind games or something. Somebody certainly said, hey, Pia, can you not, can you maybe, can you not do that with the bulletin board and the stuff? Which, I, again, I don't think the comments were anything really significant, the original comments. But she did come out yesterday, four minutes, said some stuff, some, I don't even have them because it doesn't matter. She said, so-and-so is a nice player, a good player, blah, 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 whatever. Chile opened up their Copa America campaign to, with a 2 nothing win over Ecuador last night. Watch some of that game. Very thrilling match. The Copa America this year is going to be great. I did miss the opening ceremonies. Trevor, did you partake in the Copa America opening ceremonies at all? Because I feel like I missed something. Like I, I feel like they had that weird, he did not. So I, I, I don't know. I need a report here. I need a, somebody to tell me how weird they were. Because I, I feel like they should be weird. And if they weren't weird... What the hell are you doing? Conmable. Get some weird stuff happening. This is supposed to be fun and exciting. They already have a weird mascot who's all like sharp edges and stuff. Uh, but Copa America underway. I need to look at the schedule for Copa America today. We'll check that later on 
in the program. Interesting news out of NASL land. As previously mentioned as rumor, Carmelo Anthony has purchased an NASL team in Puerto Rico. Carmelo Anthony, Puerto Rican uh, through his father's family. And now he's going to be an NASL owner. My passion for soccer has always been there, Anthony told ESPN FC. I just always kept it to myself and among my circle, going to games, sneaking into games, and just watching and being around the sport over the years. The more time I started spending in Puerto Rico over the past six, seven years, I realized that there was kind of a void down there on my island. The island didn't really have anything that they could call their own, that they could represent not just on the island, but from a global standpoint. Fine sentiments from Mr. Anthony. Now, the part that kind of confuses me and throws me off. Secret soccer passion? What? You had to be, what, you had to keep that, se- why? You had to keep that a secret, Carmelo? Like, guys, I'm a secret soccer fan. <laughs> when they ask Carmelo Anthony, what's your, what's your deepest secret? I'm a soccer fan. Okay. Well, it's good to see him out front and center uh, taking over uh, as an NASL, uh, NASL owner and bringing that the professional soccer back to Puerto Rico. Remember, the Puerto Rico Islanders, one-time members of the USL slash NASL, and they are no more. This will just be Puerto Rico FC, and they will begin play in the fall of 2016. So, again, NASL has to do that thing where they add a team in the second half of the season, which is weird. Um, whether or not this is a success, you know, let's, uh, let's hope it is. Hope they find a decent place to play. Now, uh, Anthony also had some comments about the structure of NASL and not being attracted to him. Where is, uh, you know, obviously kind of, kind of um, juxtaposing that against MLS, where you're not an individual club and you can't really take it in your own direction. He liked the idea of being able to do that. Now, it also cost him a lot less money to jump into the NASL than it would have to get into MLS. Jack Warner, because he's Jack Warner, responds to John Oliver from <laughs> this week tonight with a uh, with a in- very interesting video. You can go watch this on YouTube, talking about uh, foreigners and uh, TV stations putting on foreign putting comedic fools on television. And there's just a hint of this. So any comedian fool who doesn't know anything about this country. I can't, you can't even hear it. There's too much dramatic music over the top. The uh, miking is terrible. It's a perfect Jack Warner video. Now, I also, while looking at this, came across a different Jack Warner video in which he's giving a speech to a gathered group of supporters of his party. He started a party down in Trinidad and Tobago, the Independent Liberal Party. I just wanted to play you this little bit. Tonight is not FIFA night. I tell you very early. I left FIFA four years ago. And if FIFA hasn't left me, not my fault. I love that so much. It's not FIFA night. I left FIFA four years ago. If FIFA has not left me, it's not my fault. How good is that? How amazing is Jack Warner? Keep doing it, Jack. I mean, I, I, we'll always see the guy go to jail eventually. But for the time being, like, just keep giving us all this amazing stuff to talk about because uh, it, just, it just keeps on coming. Interpol has suspended their sports integrity partnership with FIFA FIFA had given Interpol 20 million euros under a 2011 deal to create a 10-year integrity in sport program which combats match rigging and illegal gambling. Now, I will say that FIFA has done a reasonable job. Well, they've attempted to take on match fixing. Let me say, I don't know if, the, if they've done a decent job or not, but they've certainly made a big show of taking on match fixing. Clearly, in light of the corruption scandal, Interpol can no longer be uh, associated with 
uh, FIFA, and they are suspending that program. The Qataris are set to sue former German FA president Theo Zanzweiger for, for libel or slander or defamation, whichever one is the correct one. The Qatari government and the Qatar Football Association are suing German FA president, former German FA president Theo Zanzweiger for libel, says Bild. He was critical of the 2022 World Cup being awarded to the country and after leaving his post in 2012 said that Qatar was a cancer on, the wor- on world football. So there you go. Uh, interesting stuff as that developed. That story continued to develop. Peter Vermees has hit back at um, Adrian Heath after Heath said on television that he uh, would like to bring Dom Dwyer, or sorry, on the radio, that he'd like to bring Dom Dwyer back to Orlando and that Dom Dwyer wants to come back to Orlando. Peter Vermees says those comments were uncalled for. I think it's unfortunate that it comes out publicly like that because what it could do, and it hasn't, which is great, but what it could do within a team is disrupt it. I think that's the unprofessional aspect of it that I don't appreciate. Again, I don't know if this is tampering with the under MLS rules. It probably should be. And I don't know if there's going to be any further fallout. Adrian Heath may face a fine at some point. U.S. Senator Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut has called for Hope Solo to be suspended. He sent a letter to Sunil Galati saying as much. So now you have politicians weighing in on Hope Solo, which is probably not good. Let's take a break. When we come back, Dwayne Rollins, 24th Minute, World Canadian Soccer News, talk Women's World Cup. Be right back. Face in the crowd. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. All right, so no Dwayne Rollins. You may have figured that out when uh, our break there went a bit, little bit longer than scheduled for you live listeners. For you podcast people, nothing changed. It was like, boom, we're right, we're right back. It's the uh, magic of podcasts. We take out all of that, that actual real-time waiting around, and we just get you from one segment to the other shortly. And we're back. We do not have Dwayne Rollins. We do have open phone lines, 646-832-3909. And actually, you know, it was going to be Women's World Cup with Dwayne, but it was also going to be Canadian men trying to qualify for 2018 because that has already started. Canada got their first win in World Cup qualifying last night against Dominica, 2-0. Kyle Lahren, Russell Tybert scoring goals. So that's underway. Shows you how early things start if you are not of a certain caliber level. If you have struggled recently in the past years and decades, this is where you begin. If you are a tiny minnow in CONCACAF, this is where you begin. I think there's uh, minnows in Asia that are already underway trying to qualify for World Cup 2018. This is why we need books like 31-0 from our friend James Montague to chronicle the long, arduous journey while the United States is getting to play European friendlies and preparing for a confederation uh, tournament, a Gold Cup, Canada, who's going to be in that Gold Cup, has to also actually win games and qualify. I mean, not qualify, get to the point where they can try to get to the Hex, maybe, possibly. Break into the Hex this year or next year, whatever that, 2017, when the Hex actually goes off. That, they have to start now to try to get to the Hex. 
When does the U.S. qualifying get underway? I, I, I imagine it's not that far off. It's not now, but it's not that far off. 646-832-3909. Keep me company on a Friday. I have the I have like I feel like I'm gonna sneeze every five seconds, so you gotta deal with that. I think I think it's an allergy thing. I didn't take any medicine this morning. We don't we do have plenty to talk about. Again, the women's world cup, the US against Sweden tonight. If you have any idea of what's gonna happen in that game, tell me because I don't. Because I don't think this I don't think the Swedes draw with Nigeria is going to inform this match whatsoever. I, I've seen people say, Oh well, Sweden's not as strong as we thought they were. Look what happened against Nigeria. I don't think that's going to matter tonight. I think this is going to be very difficult for the United States of America. Kyle on Twitter, can we get a shout-out to uh, Marin from Norway for her goal? I gave her a shout-out at the top of the show, Kyle, but I'll happily give her another shout-out because, as I said at the top of the show, you cannot hit a free kick any better than that. You cannot possibly do any better than that free kick uh, for Norway yesterday uh, against Germany. And again, gets Norway a point that they may not have expected. Certainly the Germans are going to feel like they underachieved in that game. Should have done better. At least in that first half. Norway improved mightily over the course of the second half. And sort of took over that game. They sort of did. I'm going to be doing Rabble.tv for the USA Sweden tonight. Join me at about 745 I will be in front of a microphone talking about that match with somebody else, probably. I'll have a, a, have a cohort, likely, I think. Should be a good match, as I said. I, think, I don't think that the Nigeria game for uh, Sweden says anything about how they'll play against the United States. And I don't know that the Australia game says a lot about how the U.S. will play against Sweden either. It's very possible the U.S. improves a lot, and it's still a very tight, difficult match for them against Sweden. Who, has, who is very capable. Absolutely capable of, of springing a... I, I suppose it'll be a mild surprise. It's not... It wouldn't be a shock. It would just be a mild surprise. And I think that with... With the state of the U.S. team right now, with all of the expectations that are then countered by the fact that a lot of people don't think they're strong enough to win the tournament, then you have the controversial elements, which are clearly Hope Solo... And by the way, like I said, when senators get involved and start calling for things to happen, I'm not saying that they should happen or that the senator has, should have any pull at all over what happens on a soccer field or with a soccer team. But when you have that, now it's become an issue that, that they think is going to garner them public support, and that's not good. That's not good. You know, it's easy for us to say as sports people, don't you have better things to do? Seriously. Don't you? You have better things to do. You shouldn't be worrying yourself with this. But... For Mr. Mr. Blumenthal, Senator Blumenthal, this is about the domestic violence issue, which I can understand being a cause of his or anybody's. And it's clearly, as I said, an opportunity to garner some sort of uh, publicity, public support. How can you argue with a guy who's saying, drop that woman because of domestic violence? Vince up in Toronto. What's up, my friend? Uh, hey, Jason, how's it going? It's going well. So I'm being told that the, okay, so the U.S. jumps in in the third phase. So Canada is in the first phase of World Cup qualifying, uh, U.S.-Mexico in the third phase, and then the Hex is the fourth phase. So you got a long way to go. Okay. Uh, kind of. It's, we, we didn't enter the first phase. So okay. like, Canada phase. was like in its own little group, and we were looking at like the, the draws or whatever. 
So Dominica or Dominica or whatever uh, faced, I believe, the British Virgin Islands beat them, and now they're facing us. I see. I and see. if we beat Dominica, then I believe the semifinal round where Canada's gone uh, a number of times but has never been able to get out and get into the hex. Uh, so that's currently where we are. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 weird, Jason, because typically the women give us joy and the men give us despair. But it was the it was the opposite uh, yesterday. Well, you didn't. They didn't the, um, the Canadian women didn't uh, lose, Vince. They didn't lose. Are no, you? But it felt like a loss, Jason. Okay. It felt like a loss. It did feel like a loss. I imagine it did. They certainly didn't play very well. And I, I don't know that – I thought that was just an ugly game. I mean, it was broken up by the weather delay, Vince. There were a lot of factors as to why that was a, a fairly ugly game, but it doesn't give you confidence as a Canadian fan that these are the women who go and bring some, some glory to, to, uh, to Canadian soccer right now. Yeah, you know, Rollins has put it out on Twitter many times. He's tired of people assuming that the women are good enough to win the World Cup. They're not. And this performance right here tells us that they probably wouldn't even get out of the round of 16. It is, it is, it's really bad. And, and, you know, I, and, you know, don't get mad at me, Jason, but Melissa Tancredi, I basically said she was wombocking out there. She was insanely useless uh-huh. uh, outside of set pieces, and she wasn't adding anything to the attack. Uh, but she played a full 90 minutes, and, I, and I'm looking at Herdman, who subbed out, uh, who subbed out a midfielder for, for a forward in Adriana Leon late in the game, and I was wondering, why, why aren't you taking off Tancredi for Leon instead of, Taking, uh, I don't remember who the midfielder was. It might have been Desiree Scott, but her and Sinclair were anonymous for for you know for most of the game. Uh, Sinclair had that one great opportunity, and she couldn't uh, she couldn't finish. It was it was a good save by by uh, by Nail, but um, uh, and then Tancredi had that shot, and then she she completely fluffed it. I believe you put on Twitter, you're like, it'd be great if these players stop falling every time they they kick the ball. Yes. Um, and it was just extremely frustrating because we got saved by the crossbar uh, on a penalty. And there's a huge problem, Jason, when, when the women, when their two best players are an out-of-position right-back in, in Josie Belanger, who, who, who's a forward, who, who's fantastic, just running up and down the, the, the right flank, and, and Kadisha Buchanan, who's 19 years old. It, it, it was ridiculously frustrating because Herdman plays up top with three forwards, so we don't really have, you know, quote-unquote wingers. And as a result, he assumes that these three forwards will be able to create chances, but that's not the case at all. Mm. None of them are creative players. All of them are, are pretty much finishers. And Christina Sinclair and Melissa Tancredi are on the wrong side of 30. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating because you, you'd watch them and you'd see these glimpses of a team that can do good things, but then, but then they're, not, they're not able to finish their chances. And that's... And, and and that's the big part. I mean, it's we could have won the we could have you know already been qualified for the next round. But as usual with Canadian soccer, we we just have to make it complicated for ourselves. Yeah, it's uh it's it's an interesting um, an interesting time for them to host that tournament. And certainly, they've had stronger teams in the past. You know, they got a bronze at the Olympic in 2012. Vince, do you have anything else? Because I, I got to move on. I got somebody else waiting. Oh, just uh, quickly on the men. It was good. It was a, it was an interesting performance. I mean, going down to the Caribbean is never fun to play on those uh, cricket pitches. But um, a lot of people are complaining about the two nil. I'll I'll just say we got the win. We got the job done. And uh, I'm looking forward. Hopefully, I'm I'll be going to BMO next week for the for the Canada game there. And you know, hopefully, we'll we'll see some more goals. Yeah, you know, look, I, I don't think you should ever take thanks a lot, Vince. I don't think you should ever take those wins on those cricket pitches in the middle of. 
uh, tropical environments for granted. You win two, you win one nothing, you win five nothing, you win ten nothing. You take the three points and you move on. Bill in New York, what's going on, man? How's it going, Jason? It's uh, it's Friday. As you're talking to Vince, you can't rush him along. I he can... has a number, I hope, right? <laughs> well, th- there was also a, a, a delay between when I talked and he talked, and that was just frustrating me, uh, Bill. I need to, I need immediate <laughs> response. You got to keep up with me. If you can't, I got to let you go. I'm <laughs> very good. Listen, I'm I'm uh, a few days behind. I just with all this soccer that's going on, and I don't want, I can't listen to your show. I don't want you spoiling any of the, the games I want to watch. And I had a uh, one quick question: for, How are you doing all of this? How am I doing what? Rabble and that soccer <laughs> show and the morning show and everything you got going on. I don't know how you doing all of this. Oh, uh, you know it's life. How are you? How can I possibly complain? You know, sometimes I get tired. In fact, I was very tired last night. I'm still pretty damn tired. But you know, I'm thinking about it. Okay, so. You know, um, I write, uh, in fact, this has been a really, cra- really crazy writing week for me. I don't usually write this much. Part of that's the Women's World Cup, uh, some shifting around of responsibilities at ESPN FC, but it means more money in my pocket at the end of it, so I'm happy to do it. Then, you know, then we've got two shows a day. Then we've got the Women's World Cup going on. I watched Copa America last night, sort of at the same time as the Canada-New Zealand game. Uh, what else, what else, what else, I mean, there's other stuff. Obviously MLS is going to be this weekend. I, I, you know, Bill, it's, it's lots of people would trade places with me in a second. How can I possibly be all, you know, why I'm so tired. No, I can't do that. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. But my uh, thing that, and I know this is a little behind schedule now, is the whole FIFA thing with the United States. And I kind of feel like the United States isn't getting enough credit for this. We have all these great countries, England, France, Germany, Spain, all of them, where soccer is king and soccer is everything. Mm-hmm. And in this country, fishing gets better ratings on TV. <laughs> no, it and doesn't. we step forward and change this whole... I mean, this is going to change soccer. This is a huge thing that just happened. And I don't think the United States is getting enough credit. And I, I think when they talk about the next pre- president of FIFA... You have to look at somebody in the United States. No, not going to happen, Bill. And that's not even a consideration. Not going to happen. Not in a million years. And you know why? Because for all of those countries who may be happy to see FIFA get what was coming to them, for all of the John Olivers of the world who are going on Trinidadian TV and ripping apart Jack Warner and and drinking beers because they uh, are thrilled to bad beer because they're thrilled that Sepp Blatter has been taken down. And again, Sepp Blatter did not resign, guys. Uh, But for all of those people, there are... Equally and more people who are not happy at all that the structure is being taken apart. And those people will remain in charge of their little FA and their little corner of the world. And I'm not, I'm not demeaning them by calling them little. They, they are, in fact, little. And yet they have the same weight of votes as Germany and France and the United States and Spain and Italy and everybody else. And at the end of the day, there will probably be no real reckoning unless... There is a for a, a serious overhaul of the FIFA system. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. If I could throw one more thing at you. Yep. The um under the under twenties. Have we had a team like this with so many professionals on an under twenty team? No. I no. I don't think I've ever watched the under twenty World Cup before, and I'm watching this, and I'm, I know all these players on the, the American team. I've seen them. They're, they're playing for. MLS and they're playing, some people are playing in Europe and everywhere else. And it seems like we have so many professionals at a young level. And I think that just looks so good for the future of U.S. soccer. Yeah, you know, there is, we're seeing that development. And I think that's an easy thing to point to. Everybody wants 
actual real evidence of progress, Bill. I think sometimes that's difficult to show. I mean, the United States has to show its work, but we, it's tough to know exactly how many of these kids are going to come good. I mean, you wouldn't point to Jordan Morris unless he was being called up for the national team and playing well. Do you know what I mean? So it's very, yeah. it's very tough for U.S. soccer to sort of point to these things as markers of progress. But one of those markers of progress is the number of U-20 players who are attached to, uh, to big clubs, attached to good clubs, playing actual soccer at the senior level. Emerson Hyman comes to mind in that group, um, or, you know, are highly touted and are expected to make some ty- type of difference at the, at the professional level. That this team, uh, four years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago, is way more college-heavy than this one is, and that, that is a sign of, of progress. If, if nothing else, it's a, sh- a sign that scouts are coming here, seeing American players, seeing talent, and giving those players an opportunity, and that the MLS academies, for those kids who are attached to that team, those teams, are catching some talent. Now, is, like I said, I'm a couple of days behind me himself. Is Zola Lem getting a lot of credit for that last game? Uh, he's good, and I think people are recognizing that he's good, but I don't think he's being identified as the driving force behind that team. Not, not exactly, no. I thought he looked... I think he looked great in that last game. No, I, I think know, so. I, mean, I think so too. I think people are saying that he, he looks has to great. Build up but, his strength. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, he he's a skinny little kid, isn't he? And he's getting knocked around a little bit, but him handling the ball and getting the ball into space. And there was so many times where he made a run off the ball where they just didn't hit him, where he was open. And he looks great. I, I, I really, I kept my eye on him the entire game, and all his runs were good. Everything he was doing was good. He just needs to build up a little strength, and I think he could be, he's going to be really good. Yeah, that'll come. That'll come with time. Um, you know, this is why I'm not exactly adverse to him playing, maybe a season in the championship. But he's going to have to bulk up quickly and, and learn how to deal with it. You know, so you can. There, you don't have to be incredibly strong if you have the skill and the ability to turn out a pressure or. You know, if you're if you can keep the ball on your foot, if your close control is good enough, you don't necessarily need to be the strongest player on the field, or 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 all that strong, relatively speaking. But you do have to have some strength. I mean, there there is going to be some hand fighting, there is some pushing and shoving, and you don't want to be knocked off the ball easily. Um, and he's got, but he's got that knack. And actually, what what I notice is if um, if you watch Michael Bradley against Germany in that second half, he didn't need to use. He's a strong guy. But he didn't need to use yeah. physical strength as much as he might have because he he turned out a pressure so so well uh, on that day. He just whatever for whatever reason it was clicking for him with the ball at his at his feet. He was turning out a pressure. He was finding space and he picked up his head. And that's what you want from Zalalem now. It's the same sort of growth into himself where yeah, there's some strength that comes along with it because that physical element is always part of the game, but also an understanding of of how to maintain possession without necessarily having to shove and fight for the ball. Yeah, definitely. It's going to come. I think it's going to come. Yeah. They're going to work on him. He's going to build some strength and it's going to come. I think he's going to be really good. I think he looks great. Yep. Uh, you got anything else, you know, Just a little more strength. Uh, tonight we'll be having a party next door and in the background we will have rabble on listening oh sweet that's awesome man i appreciate that uh yeah go <laughs> go usa let's uh let's get that going that's um it. thanks for the call bill yeah we're doing i'll be doing a rabble.tv usa sweden tonight seven forty-five p.m eastern time should be a good uh should be a good time we're not going to do exactly play-by-play if you haven't heard a rabble show it's more uh, a little bit uh, we will talk about the game we'll talk about what's happening but it'll be more of a discussion 
um, surrounding it. We'll take questions from the Rabble Conversations thread as well. We can even verge off topic as long as we're not missing major things happening in the game. And this being a World Cup, uh, certainly we'll be paying close, close attention uh, to what's happening on the field between the United States and Sweden. Uh, let's see, BDS uh, Moki on Twitter. Do you think Tab, Tab Ramos is in a good spot to take over for Cleansy in a few years? Uh, not yet. Lots of growth for Tab Ramos as a coach. Uh, he's not. I don't think he's quite ready for that uh, for that job. Uh, or even in a couple years, I don't think he's going to be ready for that job. Uh, plenty of time for him to to grow into it. And if he can take these take these kids, this U twenty team, get them past Serbia and into the semifinals, it's a major major feather in his cap. Sean on Twitter, very nervous for the U.S. women. Germany, France, and Brazil are all stronger, more technical. We have athletes, not enough. I, I don't know that Brazil is that great. I mean, I think they played okay in their opening match. Germany is definitely a challenge, although you can tell Germany not as 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 mentally strong as they may need to be um, in this tournament. Look, one match, everybody can get one, have a bad day out. But to see Norway, who I think everybody believes is second tier, Give that game to uh, you know, uh, uh, give Germany such a difficult game and ultimately get a draw in that match is a surprise and maybe a, a sign that there are some weaknesses in that German side. I mean, they're good, don't get me wrong. France, obviously, pretty damn good as well, but not, they're not entirely convincing in their first round match, so or their first group stage match. It is an open field, and I think so much of what, what goes on for the U.S. women both tonight and overall in this tournament, whether or not they can actually go and win it, is about what's in their head. It's almost entirely what's about about what's in their head. Um, well, okay, not entirely because we do still have the issue of tactics and Abby Wambach in 90 minutes and whether or not Jill Ellis is putting this team out to be successful against the best squads. But they have the talent to win. If they can figure out the mental element, if they can push aside all of these distractions, if they can overcome all of that pressure, if they can just shunt away anything that's not playing the game and being a being um focused on playing the, the game on the field, then perhaps they can go and win this thing. It's possible. I don't see why it's not. 646-832-3909. Again, we end up in a... The- oops, there goes uh, Keith Oberman complaining about Hope Solo. Um, we, um, we were going to have Dwayne Rollins on this show. We were not able to grab him. So this show belongs to you, and I've got videos starting. Sorry about that. It's just a problem. I'm trying to play some more more Jack Warner, uh, but I'm not going to do it. Actually, let's just do this again, because I I love this so much. Tonight is not FIFA night. I tell you very early. I left FIFA four years ago. And if FIFA hasn't left me, not my fault. (laughs) If FIFA has not left me, not my fault. Now, in this same video, by the way, uh, Jack calls for his day in court. He wants a day in Trinidad court so that a judge can t- determine whether or not he should be extradited to the United States of America. Apparently, uh, at least some officials down in Trinidad have called for Jack to just give it up, uh, accept his extradition to the U.S., and get going. Uh, that is not something that Jack Warner is willing to do. And, uh, in fact, there's at the end of this video, let me see if I can find it here. Just give me a second. I want a judge to say yes or no. And if the court say I go, then I go. And if the court say I stay, then I stay. But I tell you this, I know it'll be a long, long, hot journey, hot summer. <laughs> it'll be a long, hot summer. That's what Jack is, uh, is counting on. 
He knows if he pushes this, tries to push this to court in Trinidad, it's not going to happen right away. With his money and influence, he can buy delays. His lawyers can find ways to delay the, the, the hearing that ultimately decides whether or not he should be extradited to the United States. And he just buys time hanging out in Trinidad, being with his people, building more support, perhaps collecting more money from whatever means he's collecting money these days. They're all playing this game. Jack Warner is doing, in a Trinidad context, what Sepp Blatter is doing in a FIFA context. And that's buying time. That's giving themselves an opportunity to figure things out between now and when they actually leave or when they're actually forced out or when they're actually forced to make a decision about their leadership or their position. I don't know that Sepp Blatter is leaving. I don't, I don't think anybody knows that. Do you know that for sure? He may have said something that sounded like a resignation speech. We all got, we were all shocked when, when he did it. He never used the word resign. All he said was, I will lay down my mandate. Or lay down, did he say mandate? He said he would lay down his mandate. And that there would be a, a, another election to find a replacement. Or to find his successor. But what? so many things can happen between now and then. And I've even seen it posited out there. That Sepp Blatter could buy enough time to wait this whole thing out. Say everybody else goes down and they don't scoop up Sepp Blatter. Because somehow he's insulated himself from all the corruption. What he can do then is stand at the top of the mountain, look down at all the carnage and go, I'm still here. I've cleaned it up. Now vote me back in. He can do that. (laughs) Ray in Milwaukee, coughing in my ear. What's up, man? Sorry. I just wanted to talk a little bit about Copa America. Um, Last night's game between uh, Chile and uh, Ecuador. Very fun Uh, game. Very fun game. Right, it was, it was. Um, uh, but but I was, uh, you know, I, I thought I was thinking that Chile could be like a dark horse team, but I didn't think I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't too impressed with them for them being a, to be a dark horse team that can beat uh, a team like Argentina. Well, come on, come on, Ray. Look, that's the that's the opening match in front of their home crowd. Nerves are a factor. Alexis Sanchez created six or seven chances all by himself that with just a little sharpness could end up being goals. If they can figure out a way to convert those into actual goals, they'll be fine. Um, I, I thought Vidal played pretty well. They, they, there is lots of talent in that Chile squad. It's just a matter of bringing it to, you know, bringing it to the table. They, they could go through the whole tournament winning one nothing, 2 nothing, and be fine. And I think they're probably capable well, of that. Well, Ecuador could have had a couple of goals themselves too. That, sure, uh, yes. it wasn't just from the offensive perspective. Uh, the defense uh, uh, was a little um, need to need to get better. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I, th- I, I, think, I, say, I think I think Ray. I'm sorry, just to jump in here. I think you should. I think you know as well as I do that in these knockout tournaments, and especially in a tournament like Copa America with 12 teams, they're going to make the knockout round, and then really with that home crowd behind them. A lot of things can happen. Now, you know, we obviously have the example of what happened to Brazil last summer, but they ran up against Germany and got blitz. I mean, you know, torn apart. I don't think there's a team as good as Germany in this field, so Chile at least has a puncher's chance. Well, I would, I would agree with that, uh, but I, I think I think it, Argentina has to be the odds-on favorite in my personal opinion. We haven't opinion. seen them play yet. Let's um, wait until we see them play before we jump to that, though. Right. 
Um, but uh, I would just like to say about the, the, uh, tonight's game against Mexico versus uh, Bolivia. Um, that uh, I I uh, would love to see Miguel Herrera change his tactics. I think what separates great managers from good managers is learning to uh, adjust to his players. Uh, he has had uh, Marco Fabian and Javier Aquino at the World Cup roster, and what's changed? Nothing. Uh, just the talent around him is uh, is less. And so so expect a different result or a better result is crazy. Uh, and, and Marco Fabian had a phenomenal season with Chivas this year. Um, and then I would also just like to say, too, is uh, I'm not a big fan of bringing in a, a veteran nationalized player in uh, Vincente Bosso. I, I I thought that, you know, uh, it'd be different if it was a young nationalized player like um, the guy from America, um, Benedicto. Mm-hmm. But, uh, or I would have liked to have seen him bring in uh, 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 Carlos Fierro because he also had a pretty good season. And these are young players. Yeah, you know, uh, Mexico has already le- led, um, uh, released their lineup for tonight's match. I mean, that's something Herrera does. And the other the interesting thing is that Raul Jimenez isn't going to play. He's not going to start, excuse me, in this match as well. Uh, Ray, I'm going to move on. Thanks for the call, man. Um, yeah, Copa America, uh, Mexico, Bolivia. Fantastic game coming up tonight. We'll see. I mean, Bolivia is obviously not uh, one of the stronger teams, but we're going to see how Mexico does with that weekend uh, roster because they got the Gold Cup uh, as well. Conrad in Portland, what's going on, man? Uh, I got a request for you, Jason. Yes, sir. Um, so, you know, United Passions came out not doing particularly well. No. And, uh, and I have an idea. Okay. That, um, you know, I live in Portland. We uh, In Portland, we appreciate irony more than above all else. <laughs> and um, as I'm thinking, are you familiar with the old show, like back in the 90s, Mystery Science Theater 3000? Uh, let me stop you for a second, Conrad, because producer Trevor and I desperately want to do this. Desperately want to do this. Okay. It's the logistical elements of it that, that, that are going to be a problem. In fact, we've even tried to conceive of a, an internet-based solution, uh, running an audio track that, that you then play while you watch the movie. We're working on That's this. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, we're working on yes. this. We, we, we do have to be oh. careful with copyright and stuff like that, but as, for the internet, for the internet reasons. But I... I I, I think we're working on this still. Trevor, we still have this on the burner somewhere, right? I mean, I think it's too good of an idea to pass up, Conrad. Right. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, you and Jared get together, sit down. Yeah, exactly. Give your running comment. You don't have to record any of the audio from the show and do it like like Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Rainbow, where you say, okay, when the second Lion Roar hit play on the podcast, and then we get to listen to the, the commentary to make that movie watchable. Yes. I think it would be fantastic. I, I, th- I think it's a good idea. Maybe we can make that work. Appreciate the call, Conrad. You got anything else? Uh, no, that's it for now. Thanks a lot, man. And thanks for the uh, thank you for the call, man. Yeah, that's actually that's actually a really good idea. We're working on it. Trust me, I would love I would love to do that. I think a couple of people a couple of people dropped. No, maybe not. Jason, you're uh, you're on the air. What's up? Hey, uh, Mr. Davis. Um, you think uh, one thing that NESO likes uh, about having Puerto Rico back is a more direct path to the Concacaf uh, Champions League for one of their teams. I'm sure that's a bonus. I mean, I think they like a bunch of things about this, Jason. Number one, it's good PR in light of bad PR after this FIFA scandal and Aaron Davidson and traffic, et cetera, et cetera. It's money coming into their coffers 
after traffic and scandal and Aaron Davidson, et cetera, et cetera. It's also Carmelo Anthony, which brings them a lot of publicity. They're going to get run on NBA sites because of this. Um, that's going to help the league a lot in, in terms of profile. Um, I think they like going back to a market that has a previous history. And yeah, I mean, it does. It provides a, a, another path to the Champions League because Puerto Rico can win the Caribbean Cup and get into that tournament, um, which they believe that they've done before. They did, I'm uh, sorry, not they, the Puerto Rico Islanders did before in their uh, previous incarnation. Awesome. And just a quick tip for, quick tip for everybody. Uh, I saw an interesting article on the uh, Guardian football site uh, about the Guam national team. Uh, and a couple of interesting facts about it. One, A.J. De La Garza of the Galaxy is actually a member of that team. Mm-hmm. And two, they're in the Asian Confederation, uh, which I found interesting, not the Oceania. So basically, they're like the Gibraltar of Asia. But uh, it seems like they got De La Garza, a couple of pros from the uh, NESL or USL teams, and some college players. So mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like that bad of a squad. And maybe some of these lesser Asian teams they can actually compete again so i thought that was an interesting article this morning it's it's a good story uh definitely check it out thanks for the call uh, jason appreciate it uh it's a good story uh as you said aj de la garza from the la galaxy is playing for guam as is ryan guy former uh new england revolution player as well uh let me go through some tweets here just catching up we hit on a couple of topics um uh, women's national team copa america so people are all over the place as you should be on a friday let's be honest uh, Sean says, I can agree on Brazil. This is the women. Not a, totally, not a totally solid squad. France will open us up, though, and Germany can score, whereas we will struggle. Um, let's see. Um, BDS Moki, who's your unsung hero on the U.S. women's national team? For me, it's Heather O'Reilly. Huge heart, amazing work rate, skills, and tough as, as nails. Um, I, I don't know about unsung right now. I mean, all of those women are fantastic players. I'd like to see a little bit more out of, uh, you know, out of, uh, out of uh, Lauren Holiday, out of Carly Lauren. Okay, we'll continue to see if um, you know we'll we'll um, we'll see tonight if they can put it all together uh, and get a win against Sweden, which would be huge and lock them in for the second round and line them up most likely to to win the group. I think if there's a draw in the other match tonight and they win against Sweden, they will win the group. That's important. Um, have you noticed, this is from Robert in California, have you noticed during the Women's World Cup matches, Fox has sideline reporters. It's distracting when goals are scored during. That's the balance with a sideline reporter. I don't have a necessarily have a problem with going to somebody on the sideline who has information we wouldn't otherwise have. Uh, Julie Stewart-Binks is doing it. She's doing a fine job. The issue is, as you say, uh, Robert, it's the issue is when the timing is wrong, and goals are scored or something momentous happens while they have gone to the sideline reporter. Now, if they just do the audio feed, if they're not actually going to a shot of that sideline reporter, I don't have a problem with that. You can always cut that, cut that person off and then go back to the game call. John Strong and Glenn Davis are doing a great job. I will give credit where it's due. I think, I think all of the broadcast team, for the most part, have been pretty good. I think the presentation for Fox has been pretty good. If you have any concerns about the way Fox is doing the Women's World Cup, I'd love to hear them. I'm not overly critical about TV broadcasts the way some people are, so maybe I'm missing something. Um, but uh, certainly, um, certainly, Fox is um, is putting on a bit of a show up there in Canada. Al in Missouri, you're on the air. Hey, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. What's on your mind? Well, two questions. Um, do you remember? Do you ever um, remember a weekend where we've had great soccer coming from the, from the United States from both the men's and the youth? 
I don't remember it. See, I mean, this is amazing to see Team USA win the um, win their games, you know, in the Netherlands and Germany, and then the youth under twenty going to the quarterfinals and the women's having success and everything else. You know, it's um, it's funny. I did a spot on Atlanta radio last night. Um, I should have told Trevor that. Um, so ninety eight nine the game, something like that. I did a you know ten minutes or so on on soccer on Atlanta radio, and most of it was about the women's World Cup. But they did the question was posed to me: Is this you know? I've heard that this is the best week in U.S. soccer history. Is it? And I said, well, you know, considering that the 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 women won and the U twenty threes finished third in Toulon and the U twenties. Um, beat Colombia and moved to the quarterfinals of, of the World Cup. And you've got the U.S. men with two amazing wins over top European teams. And, I mean, I think it's very difficult to find a better week where everything is going well. And that's, what, yeah, it's pretty yeah. spectacular, Al. I mean, it's, it's, gotten to the, it's gotten to the point that, you know, they're talking about it here, you know, on local radio stations here in this little small town here in Springfield, Missouri, and in St. Louis and everything. And that's... Never thought it was going to happen like this. One other thing, too, about the NASL, like to say, I'm glad they had um, Carmelo Anthony on the, t- you know, as an owner of the team. I like to see them go expanding out west, and I think they need to. I think I know. I hope they expand out in, let's say, in Las Vegas, because I mean, if you, I mean, the fact that you know Major League Soccer is not going to expand there, if they were able to get NASL, I think it's going to be a positive thing for them. Plus, you know, they should expand out in San Francisco because they got a good fan base going on with their little um, NPSL team. You know, San Francisco's come up before. I think um, a couple other, a couple other West Coast cities that I'm, I'm blanking on. I mean, I think if you're NASL, and I'm sure they're doing this. I'm sure they're saying they're in discussions. I'm sure they're talking. But I, I mean, I think you target uh, Vegas, Phoenix. Although I, I, I guess the, is, is Phoenix in the Western Time Zone or the or the, uh, the Mountain yeah. Time Zone? Okay. They're, they're, they're in the Western Time Zone. Okay, I'm the not Pacific. sure Phoenix would be a good place. I mean, they already got a USL team there. They, they've had and they have had, they've had some issues and some litigation with their with some of their teams, um, and they have Arizona United, I think. But you know, certainly it's a market that you would imagine could support a, a team. But maybe that's not the right place. But obviously, NASL has San Diego to, too. They have to get out. Well, yeah, San Diego. They have to get to the Pacific Coast. They have to get to the Pacific Time Zone to meet the U.S. soccer standard. Uh, for second division soccer, so you know that it absolutely bears watching. I mean, at one point, they were they were pushing pretty hard for an LA team. Now I'm not so sure that that's even a possibility, considering that the Galaxy, LAFC are are in that market. Um, the USL Pro teams out there, USL teams out there, and uh, and it may be very difficult to to find a niche in LA. But they could go to San Diego. They could go to San Francisco, as you mentioned. Uh, there's there's even probably some smaller towns. I mean, uh, Vegas is obviously top of that list. And Detroit too. Detroit FCs they got a good fan base too. Yeah, you know. I saw, I'm and and speak, speaking of expansion, thanks for the call, Al. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll let you go. Uh, speaking of expansion, I saw something about. I haven't read the article. A headline that Charlotte is looking to to maybe follow the road to MLS the way that that uh, that Orlando did. And I I think Charlotte is a an obvious candidate just based on the size of the. Of the town, the fact that soccer is a big thing in North Carolina. I just don't know how far away they are in terms of owner, stadium, and all of that stuff. Nick in Chicago, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Jason? Uh, I'm currently walking to work right now. It's a rainy uh, day in Chicago, so I apologize if you hear anything with the traffic or the rain. But uh, what I wanted to point out is that 
it sounds like I'm watching two completely different World Cups. Um, because in terms of the, the broadcasting, in terms of the analysts, is because I don't have cable. I'm a cord cutter. Okay. I have box soccer to go. Okay. And um, it's very bone uh, bare minimum. I recommend it for anyone who doesn't really want to hear any of the background, who just want to see the football. But um, there, uh, I don't hear any analysts. I just hear, um, I'm not even sure who the announcer is, but just doing a play-by-play, very basic, uh, no commercials. And... Um, Real, like I, I, and tonight I know it's going to be broadcast on the mother channel, yep. and it'll actually be the first time I'm actually watching the World Cup on Fox. And since this is going to be the first time, I mean, what are, is it really that bad? What are people really? Oh, I don't know. I, like I said, about? Like, I mean, like I said, I don't have, I don't uh, have any real complaints. Um, you know, anytime you go to a studio setup, people are going to have their subjective feelings about the chemistry of the people on the, po- uh, you know, on the at the desk at the. Uh, at the studio doing the World Cup Tonight show or whatever. Obviously, Rob Stone is leading the charge. I think he's. I think most people like Rob Stone. But then you've got, you know, somewhat controversial figures in Alexi Lawless and, and and Eric Winalda. I mean, people. At least, at least you can say that these are guys that not everybody likes, whether they're controversial or not. Sort of beyond the point. Um, you know, I may like Alexi Lawless, but I know he's not everybody's cup of tea. Same thing with Winalda. He may. Uh, he he may people may enjoy him because he says what's on his mind, but that may also upset some people. Um, for the most part, though, I don't think there's a lot of negative reviews. In fact, I've read some articles that says that 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 there's that people are a little surprised Fox is doing so well with this. I think that's encouraging that they're putting on a good show for this tournament, which deserves the, the platform, and then obviously leading into the other tournaments that they have moving forward. Yeah, sounds good. Um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight. It'll be the first time seeing the broadcast. Are, I'm a big fan of Julie Stewart Banks. I know she's great. Are you with her uh, hockey and with her soccer? And then, right. With, I'm sorry. With the Fox Soccer to Go feed, are you you think you're getting the like the FIFA feed with like the international English play by play guy? Exactly. Okay. That's exactly what I'm getting. I'm getting the international feed. Um, it's a little frustrating because there's no there's no timer and there's no scoreboard, but I just look at apps and Twitter for that. Um, but I mean, it's very straightforward. I don't understand that. What, when they do that, why is it, is it so hard to overlay a, sc- a, a, a <laughs> yeah. clock and the score? I mean, I don't. I know you are. Acting- I don't understand it. I mean, they could hire someone pretty quickly, just to, a graphic guy, or put someone part time just to put up a, a scoreboard for for crying out loud or, or keeping time. It's a little frustrating, but I'm yeah, yeah. But Rob Stone is great. I'm looking forward to an actual full broadcast. But I mean, the Fox Soccer. I mean, it is what it is. It's a straightforward app. It's straightforward. No bells and whistles. No analysts. It's- Did I lose you, Nick? The rain gets you? <laughs> oh, I think the rain got me. I'm sorry about that. All right. Sorry. Take care, Jason. Appreciate the call, Nick. Nick in Chicago. 646-832-3909. We can stick around for a couple more minutes. It's been a good show. You guys have uh, helped us out. Give me a call if you have anything uh, else on your mind uh, on a Friday. Again, we have, I have, yeah, have I even mentioned MLS in the schedule? I haven't, have I? Not once have I mentioned the MLS schedule. A couple of there's some decent games coming up. You got NYCFC hosting the Montreal Impact. With the Montreal Impact having been on a good roll, NYCFC coming off their second win of the season, their first road win. Tommy McNamara with that fantastic goal last week. They played uh, Poku in the midfield. They played Sebastian Vasquez. You got Sean Facey at the back. There's some youth in that team. I'm interested to see if Christ leans on that youth again. I'm, I don't imagine Mick Stiskerud will play, or if he does, maybe he'll be on the bench. But that's the guy that would kind of break up that, uh, that youth movement in the midfield. 
when he comes back into the team. New England and Chicago, Columbus, L.A., so Columbus hosting the defending champions. Robbie Keane just signed a new contract extension with the L.A. Galaxy. Uh, I think they'll be happy to lock him up. Now, he hasn't been himself yet in 2015, but perhaps there's still an opportunity for him to get things going. I need to do that kind of quickly with, with Steven Gerrard on his way. Well, not not yet on his way. He's got to go do some coverage of something. I, he joined some television network in, in England, and I don't understand if that's going to con- conflict or not conflict. I mean, obviously it can't be. can't conflict. Otherwise, how does he do it? Seattle and Dallas, uh, the Sounders hosting Seattle, or sorry, hosting Dallas, uh, FC Dallas tomorrow night. Uh, that should be a good game. FC Dallas spiraling a bit. Maybe this is a game they can use to get a foothold back in the Western Conference. Orlando hosting D.C., an opportunity for Orlando City to prove their chops in the East, maybe climb up the table a bit, but if more than anything else, prove themselves against the number one team in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, that's a Sunday night uh, match, 7 o'clock Eastern on Fox Sports 1. It's, it's a limited schedule this weekend. Only five matches on the MLS schedule. Uh, next week, you got o- a U.S. Open Cup in midweek. That'll be fun. Uh, 646-832-3909. I'm going to make this last call for phone calls, and perhaps I can do it this way. I mentioned on this show, we've got the Rabble TV broadcast coming up to you tonight, United States and Sweden at the Women's World Cup. I'll be on the air about 745 at Rabble.tv. I'll tweet out the link. Make sure you're following Davis JSN Soccer Morning. We'll get all that stuff out to you. The other thing is I need, I'm still working on my goal call. I'm still in desperate need of a, an appropriate goal call if I'm going to even try to d- d- you know dip my toes into play-by-play. I am not J.P. Della Camera. I'm not Glenn Davis. I'm not John Strong by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not I'm not anybody over there at that team and they've had they've done a great job for the most part. Uh but I may try my hand at a little play-by-play every now and then. And I certainly want to make like I certainly want to note the goals. So what should my goal call be? Should I have a should I have a specific biased homer goal call for the United States women? I think I should. I think it should be something like Jed, Jed uh, like Jack Edwards epic my nines have seen the glory. That was the end of the game, not not a goal call, but you know what I mean. Like I feel like it should be something in that ray in that area. My country, tis of thee. No, that's terrible. I need I need help here. Hit hit me up on Twitter, Davis JSN or Soccer Morning. Give me your ideas for goal calls. Half serious, half funny, whatever you whatever you got. I think I can come up with something good. I think I can. Uh, I think I can come up with something uh, iconic. I think I can be this generation's Jack Edwards, Trevor. Then I can maybe maybe I can get on a T-shirt, my face. Let me put my face on a T-shirt, saying whatever my catchphrase is, whatever my goal call is. That's what I should. That's what we should do. I think we've got this all figured out now. This is the, this is brilliant. This idea is fantastic. Why isn't this happening already? Why do I don't have my goal call yet? Eight uh, six four six four six eight three two three nine zero nine. I said last call, but we're going to go to Roberto in Connecticut. Before I wrap up this edition of the show and this week of uh, programs, Roberto, what's up, man? Uh, did I not get him? Oh, let me hit, let me click the button. That would help, Roberto. My apologies. There you are. <laughs> hey, Jason. Good morning. Good morning, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, what did you think of the, What did you think of that match last night? Do you think that was a penalty on Arturo Vidal? Uh, I think I think by the letter of the law, it's a penalty. But Vidal went down like he like he'd been shot. I mean, he, he, there certainly wasn't enough contact to send Arturo Vidal spinning to the turf that way. 
but I but I don't know I don't know that you cannot whistle a foul in the box and the guy's got just grabbing chunks of jersey. I don't I don't I think you have to call make that call. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And um, since we have two games this weekend, what are you what are your expectations for the matches for Brazil and Argentina? Um, you, what's I have to look at this? I'm, I'm telling you, man. Uh, and, and this is a this is a failure on my part, but I have to look at the schedule because I don't even know who they open up with. Who do they open up with? Uh, Argentina play Paraguay on Saturday, and Brazil play Peru. I imagine both of those. They, they want definitive victories. Both of those teams. I mean, uh, Paraguay and, and Peru not. Not the strongest of sides. I mean, Paraguay will maybe give Argentina a little bit more of a run than Peru will give Brazil, I would expect. But if you're one of those favorites, if you're if you're the the um, the, the big countries in South America and you're starting your 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 Copa America, we're we're talking what we're, you know. Argentina's going to want to win, but the three nothing. Brazil's going to want to win two nothing, three nothing, and and play well throughout the game, not ship goals to weaker sides, and and that could set them up. As for what will actually happen, I. I I really don't know how good Peru and, and Paraguay are, and I apologize for that. But I can give you, I can give you guys. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I can give no, you blind guesses. Yeah, I mean, do you if you if you know anything about those teams, and you certainly know Brazil and Argentina, give me a sense of what we should expect. Oh, you just basically said that. I guess um, Peru is going to go out and attack, and defend as well, and Paraguay should do the same as well. Regarding yeah, the yeah. strong team that they both have, you know, and, I, and Trevor's reminding me that Peru made a run in the last Copa America, and that's that's what the great that's the great thing about this tournament, right? Is that you can get uh, some of these nations who are not traditionally thought of as the powers of, of South America, they can make a run in this specific tournament. It can be uh, it can be fun to watch um, a lesser um, lesser understood team, a lesser known team, a team maybe with a lot of domestically based players, as opposed to Brazil and Argentina, which. All of those guys, for the most part, there's some Brazilians in uh, in the Brazilian league, but all of those guys are playing abroad. All of the big names are certainly playing abroad, so it, it can be fun that way. I, maybe we can see a shock. It, if you had to pick one of those games as a potential upset, which one would it be? Um, probably the Peru game against yeah. Brazil, because you know you saw Peru play um, Mexico the other day, and they draw and they drew one one. Yeah, but I think that was as much as much about Mexico as it was about Peru. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but I think that's the case. Yeah, uh, so you never that, know. Yeah, you never know. I appreciate the phone call, Roberto. It's a good way to end this show. Uh, thanks for your call. Friday edition of the program. Yeah, the Copa America schedule tonight: Mexico, Bolivia. That's going to be happening right around the or at the exact same time as uh, USA, Sweden, and the Women's World Cup. So I'm not going to really be watching it, but we'll keep an eye on that score. Maybe we'll have some commentary about how Mexico is doing on Rabble TV as well. Argentina-Paraguay to a Saturday game at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Brazil-Peru Sunday at 5.30. You also have Uruguay-Jamaica at 3 o'clock on Saturday. And by the way, Edison Cavani apologizing for thinking Jamaica is in Africa. So that's uh, that's good. It wasn't good he said it. Good he's apologizing, I guess. Uh, and then Colombia-Venezuela is your other weekend match on Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. All right, good stuff. Appreciate the phone call from Roberto. I love the Copa America. I'm just not up on everybody at the moment. It's just too many things happening. I, I'm, I am tired. I need to take a nap. Maybe I take a nap between now. I'm going to get rid of that. That's not what I want to do. I'm going to take a nap between now and the serious show. And I'm going to turn that down a little bit. Go to backhill.com slash store. T-shirts, mugs, all the stuff you need to be an awesome soccer fan. Make sure you go to 3nailfc.com to buy a Soccer Morning t-shirt. I just got a picture this morning from somebody who was wearing their Soccer Morning t-shirt at the Women's World Cup. Thank you very much for that. We'll talk to you on Monday. Later. Later.